We've been working on God is so astonishing. He's, he's astonishing to us, and we've been discovering his glory. And as we start today, I want, I want to talk to two different groups of people. It's going to apply to everybody, but I want to talk to two different groups of people. One is a number of you have said to me and ask me and ask others, how do I become a godly man? How do I become a godly woman? And most people, when they ask this question, expect an answer of, okay, you need to start practicing these habits. You need to read your Bible more. You need to pray more. Uh, you need to get rid of X sins. Okay, you need to stop doing this. If you stop doing this, you can become a, a, a godly person. And, and almost always, we're entirely focused on what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Well, today we're going to work on your purpose. There's something behind that. That you can do all of the, of the habits, and you can even make great decisions, and you can, you can determine, I will do this, and I will be this, and I'm, I love this, and you can make all of those great promises to yourself and to God. If you don't grab a hold of what we're going to talk about today, it's, it's, it's going to be empty. It's going to be, you're going to be betrayed. The second group of people I want to talk about to talk to today are those of you who have you've been either following Christ or you've been trying to follow Christ you've tasted some good things along the way but you your life is now picking the fruit of either the way you've lived the decisions you made before today came about or after you've followed Christ you've kind of mixed things you, you brought your old life into the new life. And now you're picking the fruit of it. And you're discouraged. Things are falling apart around you. Your relationships are damaged. And you are at this point going, you know what? I, I can't live like this anymore. I, I can't do it. I tried. I, I'm going to go the other way. What's your purpose? What, what happens when we try to mix these two things together, following Christ and, and the world around us? Those are the two things we're going to focus on today. What's God say about those? It's the same answer for both. We jumped in a couple weeks ago, and we discovered that God is absolute. That means God is. He is not trying to impress us. He's trying to impress himself. He is not trying to impress anybody in the world. He's simply trying to impress himself. God is absolute. He doesn't need anybody. He didn't create the world because he needed to be with people. He needed someone to glorify him or he needed. No, he doesn't need anything. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, omniscient. God is. And we discovered in Romans there's, there's a ways that we interact with this that lead us down the wrong road, and that is when we don't glorify him as God and we don't thank him as God. The next we ask the question, why did God create the earth? What, 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 why did he create us? Why did he create the universe? And we discovered it was to glorify himself. And along the way, we found out that God is obsessed with his own glory. What, what is glory? Glory is the revelation of who God is. Glory is... is God putting on display, going public with his character and his power and his being. It is his glory. It's when we actually get to see, someone actually gets to see God. But he's not doing it for us. 
He's doing it for him. Which led us to, wait a minute, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. The question of, well, if that's true, isn't God really just a dictator? Isn't he just a tyrant? We're going to answer that question at the end of the series. That's why I want you to keep sending in questions. Somebody sent that question in. But I'm going to touch on it just today a little bit. It causes us to ask that. It also causes us to ask, well, wait a minute. How could someone be a, being obsessed with their own brand be a good thing? I've watched that before, and it's, it's usually not good. How could that be good? How could God be telling us not to be selfish, and yet he's totally self-focused, it seems, on his own glory? That doesn't, that doesn't seem okay. Well, we're going to jump into this, and what's the purpose of man? The purpose of man is to glorify God. All throughout scriptures you see it. He, he even commands us to praise him. He commands us to fall before him. He even says, if you don't praise me, the rocks are going to praise me. It's really strong. That's created a lot of problem. It created a lot of problem for me when I was growing up. Because if you're at all honest with yourself, and I was fairly honest with myself, if the idea is, and the video even kind of hinted at it, if the idea is that I'm going to live such a good life, other people are going to see the glory of God. In other words, I'm going to make God look good. I can't do that. What an incredible weight to put on your shoulders. That The idea, I'm going to live, no, my first response is almost always selfish. It's almost always defensive. I'm constantly trying to solve problems, and when I do, I hurt other people in the way that I do it. There's, I can't make God look good. That's incredible pressure to put on ourselves. Is that what it means? Is that, is that how you do it? Well, we're going to interact with this phrase right here, this sentence. and This sentence comes from the book. Uh, Mr. Piper came up with it. It's, it's really, it's true. It's an amazing statement. Here's it is. God is most glorified. In other words, God is most revealed. You get to see who God really is. God is most glorified. Our purpose is to glorify God, and we fulfill our purpose by far the most when you are most satisfied in Him. God is most glorified when you are most satisfied in Him. What satisfies you? Satisfied is when you get to the point where you're like, whoa. I've got everything I need. I'm fulfilled. I'm, I'm full. You know how you know that you're satisfied? People who are satisfied always have joy. Now, this is the kind of joy. Let me, let me back up for a minute. When I said the purpose of God is to, the purpose of, of, your, of man, the pur- your purpose is to glorify God. Does that excite you or discourage you? When you're like, whoa, yeah, man, I'm totally prepared for that. I know what that means. That means I get to go out and have amazing fun. That's what that means. Or did you think, okay, glorify God. I'm supposed to glorify God. That means I, I, I can't do this and I can't do that. And I need to be more serious in my life. And I need to be, get my priorities straight. And this is what I need to be able to do. What came to mind for you? Well, this says, 
most satisfying. You know what satisfied people do? They smile. They smile a lot. You know what satisfied people do? They dance. That's right. They begin to move. Now, there's no music, so I don't have to worry about it. I have no rhythm, so, so it doesn't matter. And so I can dance and move, and that's what they do, right? We can even do a little of this, right? I thought I'd do this. We think. Pretty good, right? That's what satisfied people do. They're really, really happy. I tend to be more on the athletic side, which is, whoa, yeah, we're great. Boom, boom, boom. That kind of satisfied. I'm just so happy about life. Now get this. God is most glorified. Your purpose is met when you find satisfaction in God. And God alone. What a crazy and truthful idea. So first, let's wrestle with this idea. The first, understand that you are, and God is, you come together and you meet together at the point at which God has sacrificed everything that is valuable to him he has given his love to you on the cross. God is most glorified when you accept what God has done for you. It's not when you do something. It's not when you make a commitment. It's not when you determine you're going to do something. It's not when you start a habit. No, 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 no. It's when you see God for who he really is. And when you see God for who he really is, guess what happens? The first thing that happens is fear. Whoa, why would that be? Because when you see how amazing God is, you also see how evil or selfish you are. At that same moment, you get to see God's grace, which means he not only creates fear in me, he creates peace in me because he satisfies that fear. He does something about it. So God's love for you and God's drive for his own glory, his own name, his own brand are not in conflict. No, they run exactly parallel together. There is no conflict between those two things. When God seeks his own glory, he loves you. When God seeks his own glory, he creates great satisfaction in you. Your only role is to accept it. Your only role is to believe him, to partake of what he is offering you. This is a crazy thought. This is crazy. God revealing himself, God's glory, God's pursuit of his own name, and your absolutely exaltation happen at the same time. Whoa, this is really good. Now, there's, there's a rub here. Ah, there's another piece to this. That piece is this. You are most happy when you're praising you're most happy when you're glorifying someone else. You're most happy when you're excited about someone else. What do you mean? Well, have you ever heard me talk about Lori's pies? Lori makes the best apple pie in the world. And from time to time, I'll meet somebody, and they're like, oh, I don't really like pie. I'm like, you have never had Lori's pie. If you ever had Lori's, if you ever taste this thing, it's the greatest thing on earth. 
it is the best tasting pie on earth. I have run this test through many, many, many people, not the entire population, but no one has ever said, oh yeah, I think I've tasted a better pie. It's the best in the world. And guess what I do? I get excited about it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I want you to experience it. I want you to be a part of it. You see, whenever something great happens in our lives, whenever we experience joy, whenever we experience satisfaction, what do we do? We want other people to be a part of it. We want them to come with us. We want them to experience it with us. I got to go to Europe last year. Incredible. And if it ever, if it ever comes up in conversation with somebody, I'm like, you've got to go. We, we followed the, uh, the <clears throat> band of brothers and, and how they went through Europe and, and all that they went through. It was phenomenal. It was really great. And so when I talk to people about it, I don't have to go, man, I wonder if I should talk to them about it or not. I don't, they might be offended. I'm not sure. No way. I am all in. I want you in. You do the same thing. You do, you do the same thing. You know what else is true? Praising, glorifying people are full of joy. They're happy. They're both happy and full of joy. But sarcastic. Self-focused. I'm the judge. You need to satisfy me. I'm not happy. That's not good enough. They're the most cantankerous, unhappy people on the face of the earth. Think about that. Isn't that amazing? God created us so that when we glorify him and thank him, when we worship him, that's when we are full of joy. Going back to the part where we said, hey, wait a minute, this glorifying God thing, it kind of, I'm not so sure about that. It seems like he's being selfish. A number of people have turned away from Christ. You might be one of them. This might be the sticking point for you. This might be the reason why you're like, no, I can't do that. I can't, I can't do that. Oprah did that. Oprah grew up around the Bible, and, and she, at some point in her adult life, said, you know what? In the Old Testament, it says God is a jealous God. I cannot, I cannot do that. Jealous for himself. Jealous for his own name. No, no. That's no good for me. Brad Pitt grew up around the Bible. He said, you know, no, no, no. Anybody who, who says you have to say he's the best, you have to say he's the best ever, I'm not, I'm not in. I'm not, I'm not uh, I don't want to do it. I, I, I'm going to go a different direction. There's a writer uh, in England, pretty famous guy, and, and, and he said, look, only tyrants, only tyrants full of pride would ever demand that someone praise them. Now, again, were they wrong that that's what God is asking for? And, and I think I said it earlier, a lot of people are like, okay, in the Old Testament, yeah, that's what God was in the Old Testament, but I believe in Jesus. In Jesus, he wasn't like that. You have not read what he said, if that's what you think. Jesus was crystal clear. No one. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one will come to the Father but by me. He, he made it crystal clear. You either follow me or you're with Satan. That's strong stuff. But what do we discover? What's the difference? 
Why is it that they could say things like that and it's a glorious thing? And what's the opposite? Here's the opposite. Whenever we, here's the rub. Here's what bothers us about this. Here's, here's the rub. You see, when God glorifies himself, when he literally treats you like you're not part of the picture, what do you mean? I mean, he doesn't care what you think. He, he doesn't care about your glory. He made it very clear. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You, I don't have any glory. And, and he doesn't care about my opinion. He, he doesn't care about my perspective. He doesn't care. Hang on. He doesn't care about my dreams. Whoa, I thought God, that's what God was all about. He fulfills your dreams. Follow your dreams. What happens to people who follow their dreams? Matter of fact, very, very great athletes, actors, anything, are people that would say, you follow your dreams, you can have what I have. What do they generally have in common? They are totally self-focused on their stuff. You see, when you and I self-exalt, it doesn't result in love and kindness and sacrifice. When we self-exalt, it results in selfishness and pride. It's ugly. You see, God is not a man. Yes, Christ came and he became God man, the perfect man. He's, God is not a man. When God self-exalts, everyone wins. Amazing. Let's see what uh, Paul has to say about it in Philippians. In Philippians, he's, he's writing and, and uh, he says this, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, so based on what Christ has told him, based on what Christ has promised him, I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness. So in my whole life, I won't be put to shame. But that in all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether I by life or by death. Wait, Christ is going to be glorified in a believer's life? Christ is going to be glorified whether you live or die? He says, for to me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. If, if I live, Christ is going to be exalted. He's going to be shown. People are going to see Christ. But if I die, that's my gain. It's better for me. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. If I stay here and I live on this earth, I will continue to serve people. I will care for people, and I will, it will be fruitful labor. People's lives will be changed if I continue following Christ, ex getting my, my satisfaction from Christ, and I stay on this earth. Wow, it, I'm going to continue to make a difference in people's lives. I do, he says, flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for, for me. I do not, do not know which to choose. Okay. He doesn't know whether he should live or die. Because they're both great. They're both great options. Now that's a satisfied person. But I am hard-pressed from both directions, 
having the desire to depart to be with Christ, that is very much better. So I, I would love to go be with Christ. I would love to go to heaven. Now, this is very important. This is very important. This is not, I would love to go to heaven, streets of gold, circumstances are great, never get sick anymore. No, 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 no. I will be in the presence of Christ. On earth, you can be satisfied in God. Nothing like I'm going to be satisfied with God in heaven. Like, I will see him. I will be able to look into his eyes. I will be able to touch his hands and he will be able to touch my hands. I will be able to see him for all of his glory. I'll be able to see the whole picture. I get to be with him in a way that's unbelievable. This is important. I forgot to say this earlier. I, I, I forgot. Here we go. This whole thing that we're talking about. You do not experience this solely by intellectual. You don't think about this. This isn't about, okay, I, I thought about these truths. You experience this. This has happened in relationship with Christ. It's when you come together with Christ. Sometimes you might find yourself sitting around the table and you guys are having arguing about this and, and you're trying to figure out the glory of God. And, and many people who've rejected God over these things They've never accepted him for who he is. They've only said, I will judge God based on what I know of him. This happens when we come together with him. Sorry, let's jump back to it. Christ is glorified in, <clears throat> oh, we, we've come to the end. Um, the end line, but the, the piece that Paul was trying to make, the thing that he was, he was nailing was, look, if I live, then it's going to be a fruitful time. But if I die, I get to experience God's glory. I get to, to see him in a way I never had before. And, and he says either one are fantastic. Why? Because no matter what, God will be glorified in me. Did you know that when you accept Christ, that's his promise? His promise is, I'm going to start a good work with you. I'm going to make you like me. I'm going to... Show my glory through you. What's our role? To be satisfied in him. To, to soak him up. This is the statement, we're going to say it again. Christ is glorified in you when he is more precious to you. What's precious to you? What in your life do you, do you go to, and you're like, that's what I need, that's what I got to have, that's what I, I got to have. That. Do you want to become a godly man? Do you want to become a godly woman? Do this little exercise. Put it on a piece of paper. All the things of this earth that you're pursuing. All the things that you go, I take this into consideration. This matters, this matters, this matters, this matters. I need these things. Because these are going to satisfy me. These are going to make me worthy. These are going to make me important. These are going to fulfill my life. These are going to give me purpose. And then you put Jesus on the other side. You see, Christ is glorified when he is more precious. When you understand, uh-uh, it's him. It's Jesus. He's precious. And this is not an act of, oh, I need to make this great sacrifice for God. I need to make these great decisions for God. I need to determine 
to always follow him forever. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about be satisfied, be overwhelmed, dance, joy, awesome. That's where I get it from. I get it from him, from being in his presence. To you, then all life can give. Everything in this life you can give. And all that death can take. In other words, Jesus is more precious than anything here. And I don't have to worry about dying. Why? Because when I die, I'm going to be with him. He is going to be with me. It's incredible. We're going to walk through down. How does this impact our lives? Make sure we're crystal clear about this, okay? The purpose of your life is to glorify God. God is glorified in you when Jesus is precious to you. God is glorified in you when you accept you are satisfied in him. What's that do to death? What is death? Oh, it's, it's the worst thing ever. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's a tragedy. Not to a believer. Not someone who's satisfied in Christ. Death is an incredible gateway into the most satisfying experience ever. Death is only going to reveal more how amazing God is. It's only going to put you in a position where you can receive and experience the dancing, joyful life you never thought. You just can't imagine it. Linda, I, I, want, I want to talk to you. Now, you, you were diagnosed with cancer, I think it's five years ago. We thought we were going to lose you then, and we're so grateful that you're still with us. But, but I know that they've, they've, they've kind of run out of medications. Linda. We love you. We want to be with you. But it's going to be so much better in the presence of God. You're going to be so satisfied, full of joy and dancing, not because of the circumstances, because you're going to be with him. Conversion. Conversion, what do you mean conversion? Like when someone comes to Christ. What, what is Conversion. Conversion is when I've found something that is a treasure, that is precious, that is unbelievably good, and I want to share that with somebody else. I want to invite somebody else to be a part of that. Conversion is not we need you to believe. Conversion is not we are on the right side, you're on the wrong side. Conversion is I want you to experience what I've experienced. I want you to know what it's like to experience the glory of God and to be satisfied. What does it mean to fight the fight of the faith? It means I'm fighting for joy. It means I'm fighting for dancing. I'm fighting for satisfaction. It, it means that I want to fight to believe Christ is the most precious. I want to fight to believe. I will, I will, he's it, he's everything. And so I want to I find out what the Bible says. I want to follow what the Bible says. Why? Because that's where satisfaction is. That's where joy is. How about combating evil? What is evil? Evil is when you find satisfaction. 
You seek to find satisfaction someplace else. Evil is when you seek to find satisfaction someplace else. In other words, that's what pornography is. That's what greed is. That's what selfishness is. It's I believe that, that Christ will not really satisfy me. That's not really the place to go. He's not the one to be thankful for. He's not. I, I'm, I've made another image. And I'm going there. That's where I'm going to find my satisfaction. No, when, when we combat evil, we're going, no, no, no. No to anything besides being satisfied with Christ with seeing his glory, receiving his glory, and what he has wants to give to us. What's hell? The Bible describes hell as a burning lake of fire. What we know for sure hell is, what we know the experience is, it's is an eternity without the glory of God. It's an eternity without the relationship with God. It's eternity where you try to seek satisfaction from something that will never give you satisfaction. You have said to God, I don't need you. I will seek my own glory. Hell is eternity in your own glory of which there is none. It's you being alone with you. It's empty. There's no joy. There's no dancing. There's only hunger that's never satisfied. Self-denial. The Bible's really clear about self-denial. It's a biblical principle. But we tend to think that self-denial is, I'm going to give up good things so I can have better things later. I, I, I'm going to sacrifice today so I can have better things later. But not, not if God's glory is brightest when we're most satisfied in Him. Self-denial is I'm going to give up garbage for the good stuff. You see, you're actually, this is an amazing principle, right? You're actually pursuing your own pleasure when you pursue Christ. The most pleasurable, the most satisfying, the most exalt, exalting Experience is presence with God. It's to be fulfilled by God. And what self-denial is, I'm going to trade in the lie. I'm going to trade in the garbage for the good stuff. There's nothing on this earth. There's nothing on this earth that will ever satisfy me. And yet, when you're satisfied by God, it's almost as if anything on this earth is a pleasure. Did you catch that? There is nothing on this earth that will satisfy you. You pursue anything on this earth, it will betray you, it will leave you empty and joyless. But when you are satisfied by God, the food tastes better, the air is, smells better, the sky is bluer. Why? I get to be grateful and thankful for all of it. What about money? If God is most glorified when we're satisfied in him, then we give because we're satisfied. We don't give to get. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. We love to give. How come? Because God has given all to us. Not only that, he's promised us 
I can give it away. Why? He's going to give me more. I'm satisfied in him. It's a tool to be able to love. What's corporate worship? Corporate worship is when we get together and, and a group of people, leaders in our church, prepare ahead of time to feed you God's glory. It's to feed you Christ himself. And it's a time for you to be satisfied, to take in, to, to grab a hold of, to partake of who Christ is. And so reason that we teach, the reason I teach, the reason that the worship leaders lead is to be able to feed you Christ and then you take it in and you're so satisfied that you just sing and laugh and dance. Disability and weakness. It seems like a tragedy. And if our satisfaction comes from someplace else, it is. But if your satisfaction comes from Christ, you will discover, as Christ said, my strength is made strong in your, or perfect in your weakness. You get to experience Christ in suffering. You've, you've seen it over and over again. People, you're like, how could they, how could they, they've suffered so much, how could they have so much joy? Because their satisfaction does not come from this world. It doesn't even come from their body. Their satisfaction comes from Christ. And then they become thankful. It's amazing. You can experience Christ in ways that no one else can through suffering. What's love? It's joy. Love is joy. It produces joy. But there's so much sacrifice involved in it. Yes. That's God's glory. You see, when God's exalted, others are loved. Ministry. What's ministry? Ministry is, it's not me working for God. It's me taking what God has given me. And I just can't wait to share it with somebody else. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for these amazing words. We thank you for this amazing truth. Most of all, we thank you for you. God, there's things all around me calling me and telling me I would be satisfied if I went that way. I thank you that you have decided you have called me. You've called the people of our church. You've called the people of our community to say yes to you and be satisfied in you. That you would take all of those things and make them a blessing to others. Jesus, you are great and mighty. You are the only one that can satisfy us. And so we soak it up. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray.